It's Saturday, October the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a mosque bombing in Afghanistan and a new global tax plan. First, the week in brief. A suicide bomber attacked a mosque during Friday prayer in Afghanistan's Kunduz province, killing dozens and injuring many more. Islamic State Khorasan province, ISKP, the same group that bombed Kabul airport in August, claimed responsibility for the bloodshed. ISKP is both fiercely anti-Western and the sworn enemy of the Taliban, which regained control of the country as American forces withdrew. Negotiators from 136 countries and territories approved an overhaul of how multinational companies are taxed. A global minimum corporate tax rate of 15% will be introduced, and taxing rights will be reallocated after 2023 in favour of countries where firms do business, if parliaments support the plan. Ireland and other low-tax EU holdouts joined at the last moment. Of the 140 negotiating countries, only Kenya, Nigeria, Pakistan and Sri Lanka refused to sign. The Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Maria Reza and Dmitry Moratov, two journalists from the Philippines and Russia respectively, who used their craft to criticise the autocratic excesses of their country's governments. It is timely. Reporters Without Borders, a press freedom watchdog, observed a quote, dramatic deterioration in media freedoms in 2021 as governments used the pandemic as a pretext to control information. American employers added 194,000 jobs in September, the smallest number since January, as the Delta variant of COVID-19 continued to wreak havoc among the unvaccinated. The unemployment rate fell to 4.8% down from 5.2% in August. About 2.7 million Americans have been out of work for six months or longer, despite labour shortages across industries. Poland is pushing the European Union towards a political crisis after a court challenged the supremacy of EU law over national legislation. Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission president, said it was deciding on next steps. A French minister called Poland's ruling a, quote, attack that raised the possibility of the country exiting the 27-member bloc. Air India, a loss-making flag carrier, has been sold to the Tata Group, India's biggest conglomerate, for $2.4 billion. The government had been trying to sell the airline for years. As well as a fleet of more than 130 planes, Tata will get valuable rich country landing slots. According to the Aviation Ministry, Air India's fixed assets are worth over $6 billion. China told America to cut military ties with Taiwan after reports emerged that Marines have been training the island's army to repel an invasion from mainland China. Taiwan's president Tsai Ing-wen said her country seeks to avoid war, quote, but, she added, quote, will do whatever it takes to defend its freedom. Separately, the CIA announced the organisation of a high-level unit to focus solely on China. And word of the week. Dalgona. Noun. 
a Korean sweet made from sugar and baking soda that went viral after featuring in Netflix's much-hyped Squid Game. And now, here's today's agenda. Writing Gold The Nobel Prizes Many acclaimed authors harbour literary ambitions from a young age. Not Abdurazak Gorner. Quote, I'm not like Virginia Woolf, who knew at age 10 she wanted to be a writer, he has said. Quote, I just found myself writing things down one day. How he found himself writing, however, was far from usual. In the late 1960s, he fled revolution in Zanzibar and ended up in England. His sense of, quote, a life left behind made him pick up a pen. Across ten novels, Mr. Gorner has probed the meaning of displacement, belonging and return. On Thursday, he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature for his, quote, uncompromising and compassionate penetration of the effects of colonialism and the fate of the refugee. The next day, the Nobel Peace Prize went to two journalists who have made themselves impossible to ignore. Maria Reza and Dmitry Moratov from the Philippines and Russia respectively used their craft to criticise the autocratic excesses of their country's governments. Given that Reporters Without Borders, a press freedom watchdog, observed a quote, dramatic deterioration in media freedoms in 2021 as governments used the pandemic as a pretext to control information, the award could not be more timely. She didn't start the fire. Chicago history revisited. Legend can consign people to the fire unfairly. Supposedly, Catherine O'Leary's cow kicked a lantern and sparked the fire that incinerated one-third of Chicago in 1871. Roughly three square miles were scorched, levelling nearly 18,000 buildings and killing about 300 people. But a new exhibit at the Chicago History Museum, City on Fire, Chicago 1871, debunks the fire's flawed pop history. Mrs O'Leary didn't start the fire. As an immigrant Irish Catholic woman, she was merely a scapegoat. And though the city's triumphant rebuilding is often credited with igniting Chicago's rapid growth, Chicago's star didn't rise because of the blaze. It was merely accelerated by it. As Chicago reflects on the 150th anniversary of the fire, it faces another tragedy, COVID-19. Both crises have revealed inequality, some groups suffered more than others, and both have required rebuilding. After the fire, residents likened their city to a phoenix, resurrected from its ashes better than before. Some of that spirit is required again. AI to Joy Beethoven's Last Symphony Ludwig van Beethoven wrote to a friend of, quote, a new symphony which lies already sketched in my desk on the 18th of March, 1827. He died just eight days later. The composer may not have got as far as he claimed. All that was found of this elusive 10th symphony were fragments. But for Matthias Roder of the Karajan Institute in Salzburg 
and his team of musicologists, that created an interesting challenge, producing a finished version. They used artificial intelligence to piece together a score, feeding it Beethoven's corpus and the scribbled jottings of his unfinished symphony. It constructed and orchestrated two movements, each more than 20 minutes long. The work premieres in Bonn on Saturday, but has already re-inflamed the debate over whether AI can ever compete with human creativity. The team say they see the technology, quote, not as a replacement, but as a tool. One wonders what Beethoven would have made of it all. No filter. Tablet purifies river water. For many in poor countries, even the simple act of quenching one's thirst is perilous. Millions perish each year from drinking contaminated water. Frustratingly, all current purification methods come with a hitch that causes their restorative promise to vanish like a mirage. The simplest, boiling, takes too much energy. Chemical disinfectants can taint water with carcinogens. And filters collect scum and need regular replacing. But a new method, described in the journal Advanced Materials, may solve the problem. It comes as a little round tablet made of porous material called hydrogel. In less than one hour, one hydrogel tablet destroys virtually all bacteria in a litre of river water. It requires no energy and leaves no harmful byproducts behind. If the engineers can adapt the tablets to kill even more bugs as well as viruses, they could replace current disinfection methods. That's a lot of hype, but many will be saved if hydrogel tablets live up to it. Saturday Profile Taika Waititi A Unicorn of Strange Uniqueness Taika Waititi's rise from obscurity to ubiquity has been rapid, even by the standards of the film industry. Barely known outside New Zealand five years ago, Hollywood executives are tripping over each other to work with the 46-year-old. Mr Waititi has been put at the helm of some of Hollywood's most lucrative franchises. He directed the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Thor Ragnarok and is now completing the sequel, Thor Love and Thunder. He is also co-writing and directing his own Star Wars film after directing an acclaimed season finale for The Mandalorian, a series based in that universe. But his work goes beyond popcorn cinema into weirder, more interesting territory, often telling stories about those considered outsiders. Given his background, that's hardly surprising. Mr Waititi was born in the small settlement of Raukakore to a Maori father and a mother of Russian Jewish descent. He describes himself as a, quote, Polynesian Jew. He met Jermaine Clements at university. The pair started creating quirky, deadpan comedies, such as the vampire mockumentary What We Do in the Shadows. As his art became more offbeat, it attracted more acclaim. His comedy drama, Hump for the Wilder People, broke New Zealand box office records, and Jojo Rabbit, a satire in which he starred as Hitler, won him an Oscar. Mr Waititi's timing is impeccable. Recognising that it is long overdue, or perhaps cynically reading audience trends, 
Studios and networks are keener to work with people of more diverse backgrounds. One of Mr. Waititi's more recent series, Reservation Dogs, is a collaboration with Sterling Harjo, a member of the Seminole Nation, a Native American people. It tells the story of four indigenous teenagers from a reservation in Oklahoma and is made predominantly by indigenous actors and crew. Mr. Waititi's zany but self-deprecating humour has delighted audiences and proven that Bazaar can be bankable. He has been described as a quote, unicorn of strange uniqueness. One future project is a reboot of the camp space opera Flash Gordon. The only consistent feature of Mr. Waititi's career to date is his unpredictability. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mary Ann Shad, who was born on this day in 1823. The fact that somebody is displeased is no evidence that we are wrong. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 